For over 40 years, Table Talk Magazine has helped growing Christians live biblically informed lives with Bible studies and monthly articles from trusted pastors and teachers. Bar podcast listeners living in the U.S. and Canada, you can request your free three-month trial today and join over 250,000 people who already read Table Talk Magazine every month. Visit thebarpodcast.com forward slash Table Talk to start your trial today. That's thebarpodcast.com forward slash Table Talk. Welcome to Just Thinking with hosts Dara Harrison and Virgil Walker, bringing you week-to-week cultural apologetics as well as social issues from a biblical worldview. This is Just Thinking. Let's think. We're back. Another edition of the Just Thinking podcast. I am Virgil Walker. And I'm Daryl Harrison. What's going on, Virg? What's going on, my man? Everything, man. Everything's going on, apparently. Absolutely, absolutely, man. It absolutely is, man. Always, always looking for for the feedback from the fans, from those who, uh, man, are starting to really kind of take, you know, kind of take a, a real liking to what we're doing on a consistent basis, man. And and uh, man, we were just talking as we got on about kind of what we want to do and where we want to go directionally. Uh, folks are hungry. Uh, Daryl, for for hearing the, the the richness of the content, man, of of what you you know what you share and and what you and I kind of chop up, man. And so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna listen to that kind of feedback today, man. Any thoughts about that, man? As we jump into this this week's episode, yeah, we said uh, I think consistent consistently at some point during each episode that we record that we do listen to the feedback that the listeners give us, uh, whether it's an email on social media or the reviews you leave for us, either on Apple or Android. Uh, we do listen to your feedback. We take it seriously. So we're going to try to incorporate some of that feedback into this episode. Uh, hopefully it will be uh, not noticeable to you. Uh, you'll be focusing on the content itself, but uh, just know that we do uh, take your feedback seriously. We want to make this a, a, a podcast that you continue on to listen to. And we want to make every effort to continually improve every week by bringing you uh, not just necessarily topics that might interest you because we can't please everybody. We, we realize that. But whatever uh, we do talk about, we want to make sure that we are uh, doing justice to the gospel uh, as we talk about that. And I think that's what's uh, that's what our listeners want most. I, th- I think if they're hungry for anything, Absolutely. they're just hungry, hungry for the truth. And we talk about here on Just Thinking. So we're going to continue to do that. Absolutely, man. With that said, man, I, I kind of want to tee up the topic, man, and let you just leap off into this, man. You sent me a a, a pretty thorough, rather rich, uh, incredibly robust, man. I actually there had to walk through this one a couple of times, man, and 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 truth be told, uh, I I don't even think a couple of times is enough. Right, um, I would agree. I, I think I think this is one that that you know we may have to kind of take a look at, put on the shelf, go back and look at and examine. Definitely with open Bible, um, yeah. and uh, and definitely kind of thinking through uh, the implications of of what science uh, has has discovered has kind of run upon. Uh, because and again, in the past they've been they've been wrong before. We we recognize that 
that our ultimate authority is the word of God mm-hmm. uh, and, and that we don't look to science to validate that. Uh, but, but it is interesting uh, when they do identify that which scripture has said uh, and, and, and expressed uh, all along. I'll simply tee it up by saying, man, you sent me a pretty in-depth um, National Geographic uh, article uh, about the, the science uh, behind race. And so, man, with that, I, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of push, push it out there and then let you kind of fill in, fill in the blanks, fill in the gaps mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. for, for our listeners as we proceed forward, brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let me just mention at the top, uh, we've t- titled this particular episode, the gospel according to national geographic, the gospel according to national geographic. And that's somewhat of a play on words, but it's really not. Because, Verge, as I came across this article, I first came across this article on Twitter, uh, someone's Twitter feed uh, that I noticed it on. And I, what caught my eye was the fact that Nat Geo had the courage mm. to publish something like this that totally obliterates mm-hmm. a decades, if not centuries long, Assumption, and that's exactly what this article bears it out. It bears out race as an assumption, yeah, as a mirage, okay, as a non reality. Science does this, mm-hmm. okay. So, this, this article caught my attention by the headline. And as you alluded to a second ago, you don't read an article like this in one sitting, no. Uh, matter of fact, we could probably do a month worth of episodes Mm -hmm. on this article. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's that rich. It's that deep. It's that uh, robust. It's that profound uh, to be honest with you. It's that significant with respect to not only secular worldviews around identity Mm -hmm. and race, but also theological truth around uh, theological realities around race and identity which again is why we titled this episode the gospel according to national geographic. Now, most folks I'm thinking if we mention the name national geographic, they're familiar with who that organization is. Sure. Um, We've all watched their programs on television. Um, I watch them even now as an adult. Um, Mm -hmm. They're they're very informative, incredibly educational. Um, I may not necessarily agree with the, uh, the, uh, and I say this for lack of a better word, the agenda or the theory that they may be trying to to to, to push. Mm-hmm. But that's neither here nor there. What we're here to talk about in this episode is this article written brilliantly by Elizabeth Colbert mm-hmm. um, for Nat Geo. Uh, they're doing uh, a uh, they've got sort of a hashtag campaign. Uh, for lack of a better word, I use the word campaign, but they've got a hashtag initiative underway right now where the hashtag is hashtag I define me. Mm-hmm. Hashtag I, letter I, define me. And this article is where I saw it on Twitter underneath that hashtag. Uh, the subtitle is, again, the title is There's No Scientific Basis for Race. It's a made-up label. Mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa, yeah, really? Yeah. That's the title of the article, folks. There's no scientific basis for race. 
It's a made-up label. The subtitle is, it's been used to define and separate people for millennia, but the concept of race is not grounded in genetics. No. No. Now, Verge, how long have you and I been saying, you and I individually have been preaching this long before you and I even got involved in this podcast? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, 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 and you've made that very clear um, theologically, biblically, scripturally, line upon line, precept upon precept throughout the entirety of, of this podcast. I mean, from, from the very beginning, in fact, in fact, before the beginning, I mean, when, when, when you and I first met uh, and, and you, you, you'd done an, you, you'd, you'd done an interview on, on the bar podcast and, uh, and, and, and I kind of just got familiar with you and who you were, we were having that conversation then. So, mm-hmm. um, it, it was interesting as you kind of posited this idea and, and thought about it and, and had a, had a biblical framework for it. It, it was, it's, it's a view that's not, that's not held in many circles, even in Christendom. I mean, even in right. our own, even in our own backyard with our own folks, you know, you, you've got, uh, you've got our own folks who are, who are still beholden to an idea about the issue of race that's, that, you know, I, I think you've soundly uh, addressed that, that has no basis uh, right. in, in the Bible. And so, yeah. I was just going to say it's to the, it's to Christendom that I want to talk Absolutely. in this episode. It's to the church. Absolutely. I, I really don't care what the world thinks about this issue. I expect the world's going to world, right? Mm-hmm. The right. world is going to world, but the church, the church has got a long way to go. And, and the church, I'm calling the church in this episode right now to correct your thinking on this and get your mind right. Romans 12, one, renew your mind around this yeah. issue. And uh, let me just put out here, man, before we really get going to, uh, to Dwayne, Dwayne, you're going to hear some paper rattling. Okay. You're going to hear some paper shuffle <laughs> because this is one of those topics where you don't do it justice. If you don't do your research. Absolutely. So the article itself presents what it presents, but what we try to do here in just thinking is to present the topic within a proper biblical hermeneutic, a proper Christ-centered context. So sometimes that requires doing additional research. So I've got some notes here to augment the article itself. So Dwayne, sorry, bro. You might hear a little bit of paper shuffling. I'll try, I'll try to keep it to the minimum, but it couldn't be avoided uh, for the topic that we're dealing with tonight. So, so yeah, Virg, you're absolutely right. On my blog articles, on my blog, the articles that I write there, uh, my social media posts, um, I mean, listen, one thing I can say is it's like I've been a voice in the wilderness out there, man. You and I both. Yeah. I've been hammering this point home for years mm-hmm. that there is no such thing as race. Now, if Christians don't want to be believe the Bible about that, maybe right. they'll believe this Nat, Nat Geo article. Right. Okay. Now, I'm not a forensic anthropologist. I'm not a naturalist. I'm not a scientist. I'm not any of that. But I can read, and, you know, I think the Lord's given me a certain modicum of intelligence to be able to understand and digest and contextualize what's being said in this article. Right. And uh, just so our listeners know, if you've not read it yet, 
a link to this article will be in the episode notes for this episode when it comes out. So uh, have no fear about not being able to get to the article. But first, this piece blew me away. I mean, from the first couple of paragraphs, and I really want to kind of read just the first two paragraphs. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's get our listeners going on this if they haven't read it yet. So again, the article's titled, there is no, there's no scientific basis for race. It's a made up label. Okay. By Elizabeth Colbert. First couple paragraphs. In the first half of the 19th century, one of America's most prominent scientists was a doctor named Samuel Morton. Mm-hmm. Morton lived in Philadelphia and he collected skulls. He wasn't choosy about his suppliers. He accepted skulls scavenged from battlefields and snatched from catacombs. One of his most famous craniums belonged to an Irishman who'd been sent as a convict to Tasmania. Parenthetically, she says here, and ultimately hanged for killing and eating other convicts. Mm -hmm. With each skull, Morton performed the same procedure. He stuffed it with pepper seeds. Later, he switched to lead shot, which he then decanted to ascertain the volume of the brain case. Now, here's here's where we really get going in the third paragraph Mm -hmm. here. Here's where you get an idea of how this Uh, This man, Samuel Morton, his thought process. She continues, Morton believed that people could be divided into five races and that these represented separate acts of creation. Mm -hmm. The races had distinct characters, which corresponded to their place in divinely determined hierarchy. Now, we're going to go back to this because Mm -hmm. those article doesn't read as theology. That sentence right there, that's theology. And has theological that's implications theology. for sure. Right. Absolutely. When she said when she says that Morton believed that the races had distinct characteristics which corresponded to their place in a quote unquote divinely determined hierarchy. That's saying that Morton believed that these distinctions were ordained by God. That's what the word divinely comes in. Okay. She continues. Morton's craniometry showed, he claimed that whites or Caucasians were the most intelligent of the races. East Asians, Morton used the term Mongolian, though ingenious and susceptible of cultivation, were one step down. One step down from Caucasians were the East Asians. Next came Southeast Asians, followed by Native Americans. Blacks or quote-unquote Ethiopians were at the bottom. In the Now here's the kicker. Yes. In the deck in the decades before the Civil War, Morton's ideas were quickly taken up by the defenders of slavery. Bro, bro, what 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 is said here at the very end really punctuates everything that you've been saying, everything that I've been echoing about taking a non-biblical view mm-hmm. of the issue of race. Mm-hmm. It allows it allows you to divide races to make mm-hmm. assertions about them, uh, posit ideas about race that have nothing to do with with reality, but mm-hmm. simply to do with your own depraved perception of humanity. Mm-hmm. And here we are, the church. We bought into this lie. Mm. We bought into this life for decades. I mean, you go a, cu- a couple paragraphs further along in the article, and the author writes here, says, Today, though, today, Morton is known 
as the father of scientific racism. That's the lie the church has bought and it's buying it anew today. There's a new sort of fervor within the church to buy into race, racism, totally ignorant of people like Samuel Morton and the agenda that he proffered based solely on some subjective research where he determined, well, the larger the skull, the more intelligent, the more cultured, the higher on the anthropological totem pole you belong. And we've bought into that. Right. And that's what's got me so fired up to talk about this this evening because, and Verge, I wanted you to remember the, the point you just made about uh, people buying into this so as to make it divisive, that this Absolutely. whole this whole platform about race, racism, is used to divide because I'm going to throw a curveball at you, man. You're not going to know what to do with it when I hit you with it, but we're going to throw a little curveball into this here in a second. Let's do it. But for now, suffice it to say that the writer of this article makes the point that today, Morton, Samuel Morton, is noted, known as the father of scientific racism. It says so many of the horrors of the past few centuries can be traced to the idea that one race is inferior to another, that a tour of his collection is a haunting experience. To an uncomfortable degree, we still live with Morton's legacy. Racial distinctions continue to shape our politics, our neighborhoods, and our sense of self. And that's the worst part of that last part there. Mm-hmm. That we so bought, when I say we, I'm talking about the church. We so bought into the idea of racial distinctions in the sense that we use that to shape our sense of self. Now, which really goes into the whole Black Panther phenomenon. Right. That is one reason. That is a primary reason. I'm not going to say it's the only reason, but that is a primary reason, especially among Black Christians, not exclusively. I want to make that clear. Not exclusively among Black black Christians, but especially among Black Christians. the, The phenomenon that is this Black Panther movie is driven to a large extent because of the color of melanin possessed by the actors on the screen. Right. That is a large reason why this movie has grossed over $1.1 billion worldwide. People walk out of that theater with a layer of identity that they didn't have when they walked in. <laughs> right. Right. But, but now when I walk out, I'm even more black. <laughs> right. Right. For having yeah, just gone to see the movie. For having just gone to see a movie about a fictional comic book character. Right. <laughs> because you take in you take into that movie theater with you Samuel Morton's concept of race. Yeah. So you come out of the theater, you you extra black. Right, right. You're okay? blackity, now, blackity black. Blackity you, black. You, you you extra black. It's like <laughs> <laughs> pancakes with extra butter and extra syrup. You right. so smooth now because you're going to see Black Panther. You extra hotel now. Right, right. <laughs> but see, right. in our ignorance, though, we don't know 
we've bought into a lie. We've bought into the lie of a, of someone like Samuel Mort. Who now, now Nat Geo is not a theological publication. Okay. Nat Geo is a secular publication. Mm-hmm. But this thing's got Acts 17.26 written all over it. Mm. It's got Acts 17.26 written all over it. I'm just going to go ahead and read that, that. for a second, because that's what we do on Just Thinking, right, Verge? We open the word and we read it. We open up scripture, okay, We exposit bro. it. We exegete it, okay? So Acts 17.26, I'm reading from the NESB. It says, and he, that is God, made from one blood every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation. Now, we're going to hit that verse several times in this episode. And verse, mm. I'm going to say, man, we might need to do a part two on this one because I don't think okay. we're going to get through everything. Now, I mean, the, 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 the length and volume of what's actually there is massive. I mean, it, it would really behoove the listener to grab the article, walk through the article, grab an open Bible, and then walk through what it is mm-hmm. we're going to, we're going to talk mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks for that. Uh, Verge. You're, you're absolutely right on that. And again, the article will be linked in the episode notes for this, uh, for, for this particular episode, but Verge, I want to quote for uh real, real quick. I, I cited a, uh, a book and a blog article that I wrote entitled why racism isn't wrong. I had the word racism in quotes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys can go out to my blog at justthinking.me. It'll be one of the blog titles that automatically comes up on the whole homepage. It's entitled Why Racism Isn't Wrong. And in that article, I quoted the late Dr. Robert Wald Sussman. Robert Walt Sussman wrote a book titled The Myth of Race, The Troubling Persistence of an Unscientific Idea. Okay. Mm-hmm. And in that article that I wrote, Why Racism Isn't Wrong, I quote Sussman, who says this. Sussman said this. He says, what many people do not realize is that racial structure is not based on reality. Anthropologists have shown for many years now that there is no biological reality to human race. Mm -hmm. There are no major complex behaviors that directly correlate with what might be considered human racial characteristics. He has racial in quotations. There is no inherent relationship between intelligence, law abidingness, or economic practices and race. Just as there is no relationship between nose size, height, blood group, or skin color, and any set of complex human behaviors. However, over the past 500 years, we have been taught by an informal, mutually reinforcing consortium of intellectuals, politicians, statesmen, business and economic leaders and their books that human racial biology is real and that certain races are biologically better than others. These teachings have led to major injustices to Jews and non-Christians during the Spanish inquisition to blacks, native Americans and others during colonial times Mm -hmm. to African Americans during slavery and reconstruction to Jews and other Europeans during the reign of the Nazis in Germany mm-hmm. and to groups from Latin America and the Middle East, among others, during modern political times, unquote. So wow. Wow. here you have Dr. Robert Wall Sussman uh, in his book, The Myth of Race, uh, or I should invert that, Nat Geo is basically acknowledging what Robert Wall Sussman had already said years ago. 
mm-hmm. in his book that race is a myth. Matter of fact, on my Twitter profile, I have that very statement in my Twitter bio that race is a myth. And then parenthetically, I have Acts 17, 26, because mm. race is a myth. And when you look at it from a biblical standpoint, and, and, and that's really a goal of this podcast is to help our listeners think biblically, biblically about the, these issues and don't be so gullible to swallow the lies that the world is throwing at us. Okay. And the Nat mm-hmm. Geo article, again, for a secular publication, I'm going to applaud them because they absolutely obliterate this whole idea that race is, is real. This race is real. So, and it's not. So, you know, so here we have Dr. Sussman. We have the Nat Geo article, which, and I, I just love that line again, that today, Samuel Morton is known as the father of scientific mm-hmm. racism. Racism, yeah. And this Nat Geo piece is declaring from the mountaintop that there is no scientific basis for race at all. Nat Geo is augmenting what God's word already says. Yeah. In Acts 17, 26, yeah. that he made from one blood, one blood. We are all one. We're one all ones. Yeah. Yeah. And we and we should be embarrassed. Really, the church should be absolutely embarrassed. You know, I think of Geppetto and Pinocchio. You know, <laughs> where Geppetto was the puppet master, Pinocchio was was the puppet. Mm-hmm. And here we have had we've had folks like Samuel Morton, Charles Darwin. Yeah. I'm gonna throw some names out there. Right now, it's going to make some people upset. James Cone. Mm-hmm. You've got some people out there who have leveraged a non-existent reality such as right. race. Right. To divide, let alone now, let, 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 notwithstanding how, and people talk about how the Bible was used to perpetrate slavery. Oh, that's good, buddy. Well, how about this lie from Dr. Samuel Morton? Mm-hmm. It originated with him. Yeah. So you can't start at how white people or now it seems like the 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 the, the thing to do is to blame white evangelicals right. for slavery. No, no, right. no. You need to go back to this guy right here, Samuel Morton. Yeah. The father of scientific racism. racism. Yeah. And this is again, verse, this is why I say all the time. Why racism, to whatever degree it's systemic or institutional, it started off individual. Yeah, it started off with with a guy just like Samuel Morton. Yeah, the 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 article the article goes on to say that so many of the horrors of the past few centuries can be traced to the idea that one race is inferior to another. Uh, that a tour of his collection is a haunting experience. This stuff was touring the country for the purpose of creating division on a reality that 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 isn't even real. Isn't even uh, real. No, no. On on a, on a on a false on a false you know worldview, and, and and we've bought the lie hook, line, and sinker, and and continue to perpetuate the myth, uh, right. and, and 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 that's. 
we've got to i think i think the the kind of clarion call that you're putting out there is just is is saying we've got to stop doing this we, we absolutely gotta stop doing got this. to stop doing we, this we, listen we have to come listen christians we must become better theologians you just can't read your Bible or not read it, as as the case may be. Right, right. You can't just read your Bible and not know what it means by what you're reading. Okay, you have to understand God in one verse, <laughs> in Acts seventeen twenty six, in one verse, God has covered the gamut of DNA, <laughs> ethnicity. What what this Nat Geo article? is sort of peeling the layers back on. God's already covered that in one verse. In Acts 17, 26, he debunks the idea of race. The word nation there in the Greek is the word ethnos. That's not That word nation is not referring to a nationality like American or Canadian. No. Mm-hmm. The Greek word there is ethnos, which is where we get our English word ethnicity. So the verse could literally transliterated could read like this and he made from one blood every ethnicity of mankind that word mankind in the greek is the word anthropos which is where we get anthropology in the study of the study of man that's what the word anthropology means so the verse could read and he made from one blood every ethnicity of mankind to live on the face of the earth Okay. Now we're going to exposit that text a little bit more. But Verge, are you ready for this curveball? Told you I Talk curve to me, ball. man. Yeah, yeah. I want to take it back old school, man. Okay? I'm going to take it back old school. And what I want to do is sort of augment this Nat Geo piece, this, this brilliant Nat, Ge- uh, Nat Geo article. Okay. And I'm going to take you back, man, about 164 years. Okay. Somebody who already knew this. Mm. Or Nat Geo did. Okay. I'm going to take you back to July 12th, 1854. Okay. This is a commencement address that Frederick Douglass gave at a little college called Western Reserve College in Ohio. That school is now known as Case Western Reserve University. Wow. Western Reserve College, July 12th, 1854, Frederick Douglass wrote a paper, wrote an address. He gave an address and it was titled, The Claims of the Negro Ethnologically Considered. Mm. The Claims of the Negro Ethnologically Considered, Verge, mm-hmm. not racially considered. Right. Ethnologically considered. Mm-hmm. Because... Frederick Douglass understood Acts 1726. Mm-hmm. He understood there was no such thing as race. All right, so we're going to go back 164 years ago. I've got several quotes from this address that I'd like mm-hmm. to. I'm looking cite. at it now. Yeah, go for it. And what you're going to find out is that we know Frederick Douglass was an abolitionist, mm-hmm. but he was a brilliant apologist. Mm. He was a brilliant apologist. Mm hmm. Okay, we're about to find that out. So to your point about science using race to divide, listen to what Douglas says here in this address. This is 164 years ago, okay? 
Douglas says this. He says, there was a time when if you established the point that a particular being is a man, it was considered that such a being, of course, had a common ancestry with the rest of mankind. But it is not so now. This is, you know, an age of science. And science is favorable to division. Mm. Frederick Douglass, 164 years ago, said science is favorable to division. Mm. And that's what science has done. You take Charles Darwin's Origin of Species, which he Mm -hmm. published in 1859, has divided up until that point. The creation account of humanity was the overwhelmingly accepted uh, explanation of human existence. Mm -hmm. Darwin comes along with origin of species, supposedly scientific. Boom. Even today, we're still fighting that battle. Mm -hmm. We're still fighting that battle. But 164 years ago, Frederick Douglass understood that science has an agenda. Samuel Morton, with his cranial comparison studies, had an agenda, dividing people into five racial groups and then saying, well, this is the divinely ordained uh, outcome Mm -hmm. where blacks and Africans are at the bottom, whereas Caucasians are at the top. Uh, Douglas understood that science had an agenda. Mm. Okay, he said, this is, you know, an age of science and science is favorable to division, he says. Okay. Uh, further quoting uh, Frederick Douglass again in this commencement address that he gave on July 12th, 1854. Douglass says this he says, looking out upon the surface of the globe with its varieties of climate, soil, and formations, its elevations and depressions, its rivers, lakes, oceans, islands, continents, and the vast and striking differences which mark and diversify its multitudinous inhabitants, the question has been raised and pressed with increasing ardor and pertinacity, especially in modern times. Can all these various tribes, nations, tongues, kindred, so widely separated and so strangely dissimilar, have descended from a common ancestry? Mm. That is the question, and it has been answered variously by men of learning. Different modes of reasoning have been adopted, but the conclusions reached may be divided into two, the one yes and the other no. Which of these answers is most in accordance with facts, with reason, with the welfare of the world, and reflects most glory upon the wisdom, power, and goodness of the author of all existence? Amen. Author is a capital A, is the question for consideration with us. On which side is the weight of the argument rather than which side is absolutely proved? Now, here's the kicker. Here's the money paragraph right here. Douglas says this. He says, it must be admitted at the beginning that viewed apart from the authority of the Bible, neither the unity nor diversity of origin of the human family can be demonstrated. Mm. I want to read that one again. Yeah, you need to. He says, it must be admitted at the beginning. So so Douglas is a presuppositionalist, okay? He's, his apologetic is presuppositional. He says, it must be admitted at the mm-hmm. beginning mm-hmm. that viewed apart from the authority of the Bible, 
neither the unity nor diversity of origin of the human family can be demonstrated. Okay, I mean, I don't know what to add to that. There's, you can't nothing, add to that. there's nothing to add to that. Douglas is apologetic. What he's doing here, when you read the entire address, the overall context of the address was he was arguing for the uh, equality of blacks with all other ethnicities. That's that's mm-hmm. essentially what he's talking about. But mm-hmm. inculcated within that argument is not only the testament that all men are created equal in the eyes of God, including blacks, but he's also making a biblical argument for the origin of ethnicity. Yeah. Which the skewing of which such as Samuel Morton and his yep, ilk yep. lead to the discrimination that Douglas was fighting against. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Douglas is a presuppositionalist, meaning he's, he said, listen, we have to go back to the beginning. Yeah. And apart from the Bible, none of this stuff makes sense. sense. It does not. In fact, in fact, they, they had to, in, in, in order, they had to appeal to science in order to justify the inhumane treatment of 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 other brothers and sisters who were of a di- different ethnicity uh but were of the same origin right we right. all we all we all are created in the image of god in order to, in order to justify that they would they would have to appeal to science uh in in order to allow their hearts to be conditioned in such a way the hardness of their heart to actually harden further right. so that they could so that they could treat others uh unlike they'd want themselves to be treated yeah, so if you appeal to science, right? Science is a subjective uh, paradigm of uh, you know values, standards, or whatnot. But it doesn't hold with it the weight that the Bible would hold, absolutely. because the, the, the science is not punitive with respect to uh, God and, and you not meeting God's moral standard. Absolutely, in, in treating one another, right? Science doesn't care about that, but the Bible does care about that. Okay, so when you equate a person of one ethnicity, uh, you compare a person of one ethnicity to another ethnicity uh, up against what the Word of God said, that's sin. Right. But but in science, there's, see, there's no sin in science. Mm-mm. There's no sin in science. So you, you can pretty much do anything under the, under the banner, under the label, under the guise of science. And that's what people like Samuel Morton and uh, Charles Darwin did. That's exactly what they did. Absolutely. Uh, so again, continuing to to cite uh, Frederick Douglass, and the reason I want to get these quotes in is because here's a man who was born a slave, uh, bought his freedom, uh, toured the world, uh, talking about the travesty of slavery. People were so amazed at his eloquence that they, everywhere he went, people would not believe he was a former slave. He had to defend not only his argument but his own his own testimony, his own story. Mm-hmm. He was so eloquent. He was so, you know, so articulate, so learned. People couldn't believe that Douglas was a slave. But again, continuing his commentary on the biblical origin of ethnicity, Douglas says this, he says, the unity of the human race, the brotherhood of man, the reciprocal duties of all to each, and of each to all are too plainly taught in the Bible to admit of cavil. The credit of the Bible is at stake. 
And if it be too much to say that it must stand or fall by the decision of this question, it is proper to say that the value of that sacred book as a record of the early history of mankind. I'm going to pause right there. Did you catch that verse? Mm-hmm. Douglas is describing the Bible yeah. as a record of the early history of mankind. mankind. Right. He goes on. He, let me go back a little bit. He says that the value of that sacred book as a record of the early history of mankind must be materially affected by the decision of the question. For myself, I can say my reason, not less than my feeling and my faith, welcomes with joy the declaration of the inspired apostle. Now here, Douglas himself quotes Acts 17, 26 Mm. to make his case of the biblical origins of ethnicity and that there is no such thing as race. Douglas himself says, I welcome with joy the declaration of the inspired apostle, quote, that God has made from one blood Mm -hmm. all nations of men, for to dwell upon all the face of the earth, unquote. But this grand affirmation of the unity of the human race and many others like unto it, together with the whole account of the creation given in the early scriptures, he's going back to Genesis one twenty seven mm-hmm. right there, mm-hmm. given in the early scriptures must all get a new, imp- listen to this. Right. He says, but this grand right. affirmation of the unity of the human race and many others like unto it, together with the whole account of the creation given in the early scriptures must all get a new interpretation or be right. overthrown altogether. Yep. Yep. If a diversity of human origin can be maintained, most evidently this aspect of the question makes it important to those who rely upon the Bible as the sheet anchor of their hopes and the framework of all religious faith. The the, the beauty of what he shared was that it appealed to an audience that at least understood that at that time we were in a culture though the wayward it was who still anchored what they believe based upon scripture mm-hmm. right. right i mean i mean the, you you had you had the you had the origin of, of species 18 what was it 1859 yeah okay mm-hmm. so so again douglas is, is is still in that time frame when not everyone had accepted this new idea. And so he could speak to a culture from a biblical worldview and make an appeal that was biblically based, based upon the presuppositions that the, that for the most part, the culture would hold to. And, right. and that's, and that's why what he shared was so powerful. Right. I mean, I, there's nothing I can say to add to what Douglas is saying. There was not, there's nothing to add. Now you know you realize though, right? Verse Douglas would would be kicked out of the black community today. Oh, absolutely. He'd be Uncle, totally ostracized. He'd, he'd, he'd be Uncle Tom. What what kind of names they call you these days, bro? Oh, <laughs> Let me see. How can I count the ways? How can I count the names? Right. Coon. Right. Coon. Right. Nigger. Right. Uncle Tom. Right. Sellout. Right. You know they're, they're all there. They're all there. And as, as I said before, the heat I take, the heat you and I take for this podcast, the heat I take for my blog articles, the heat yep. I take for my commentaries on social media come from black people. Mm-hmm. I don't get drama from white people. Mm-mm. I get drama from other black people. Yeah. That's who hate on me. Okay. But let the hate continue because I'm going to keep it rolling. Mm-hmm. So 
Continuing on with Frederick Douglass, this is a commencement address that he gave back on July 12th, 1854, 164 years almost to the day. Douglas says this, continuing on his apologetic with respect to the uh, the uh, equality of the ethnicities. Douglas says this, the evils, and this, this goes back to a point you made earlier, Verge. He says the evils most fostered by slavery and oppression are precisely those which slaveholders and oppressors would transfer from their system mm. to the inherent character of their victims. Mm-hmm. Inherent characters. He's going back again to Genesis 127. See, Douglas was brilliant. You have got to hear this man and read this man in the context of his Christian theology, mm. because although the words may not overtly be theological, what he's saying here is intrinsically biblical. Absolutely. But if you don't know your Bible, yeah, you can't equate one with the other. Mm-hmm. He says the evils most fostered by slavery and oppression are precisely those which slaveholders and oppressors would transfer from their system. Okay. Secular, their secular, their science. Okay. From their system to the inherent character of their victims. Thus the very crimes of slavery become slavery's best defense. By making the enslaved a character fit only for slavery, they excuse themselves for refusing to make the slave a freeman. So that's exactly what we were talking about earlier, just a second ago, verse. They use science because science, there's no sin in science. Right. This is what Douglas is saying. He uses the words their system. So they take science, they develop a system out of it. And they absolve themselves of that they assuage their consciences, knowing inherently, though, that the, the people that they enslave, they know in their heart, they know inherently that, yes, God created them, too. They know that. Mm-hmm. But they bought into a system. They subscribe to a system which, uh, again, assuaged their, assuaged their conscience so that they could propagate this. Uh, industry that was slavery okay so again continuing on with 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 douglas's apologetic here douglas says it is the province of prejudice to blind it is the providence i'm sorry it is the province of prejudice to blind and scientific writers not less than others write to please as well as to instruct and even unconsciously to themselves sometimes sacrifice what is true to what is popular. (laughs) Listen to this. This is brilliant from Douglas. He says this fashion is not confined to dress, but extends to philosophy as well. And it is fashion. It is fashionable now in our land to exaggerate the differences between the Negro and the European. And that's exactly what's happening in the church today. Absolutely. And you know who's doing it? It's not the, it, it, it's not as it was being done back in the 1860s. Right. Where you had the white slave owners, the white plantation owners exaggerating the differences between European whites, Caucasians, and blacks. Now the script is flipped. You got black people sort of highlighting the differences between us and white people 
with their own agenda in mind. Right. With their own agenda in mind. Yep. Again, you take Black Panther as a good example. It's as if Blacks have appropriated this film as their own. And it is a, it is a violation of some sort of ethnic law mm. for a white person to go see this film. So if you white, you can't even go see it. Mm. Let alone dress up for it like a lot of blacks have. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I do. So the script is flipped now. Absolutely. Well, it, it it's it's flipped from a standpoint of of, of folks having n- now they believe they have the uh, the social framework to take advantage of. Of of looking uh, of of in their mind being on the the victimized end of of systematic oppression again systematic oppression which is ill defined all you have to do is simply say the term systematic oppression mm-hmm. or systematic racism mm-hmm. and as a result of your victimhood status you're now owed something. Uh, not just from the quote unquote system that oppressed you, but from every white person that is that 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 has you know th- that mm-hmm. can that that has been a part of our culture. So mm-hmm. anyone who lacks melanin now has a responsibility to provide for you to at least acknowledge their quote unquote white privilege. To at least acknowledge that they have been uh, been been promoted ahead of you. That by just nature of a lack of melanin, there are some there are some distinct advantages that they have and disadvantages that you now have because of the level of melanin in your skin. Now we we we, we erase any of the other factors that may be that may play into you not getting that job that that may play into you not getting that promotion. You know, forget the fact that you might've been late, didn't show up to work on time. Uh, your work performance was poor. It has everything to do with white privilege, uh, a systematic oppression and the like. And so now the culture is such that you, that you can take advantage of these things all based upon the mm-hmm. origins of the differences that we have between the races. Right. Exactly. Well put. Well put, Verge. And see, but here's what's problematic, though, for, you know, people who now call themselves race workers, you know, and social justice professionals. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. So so here's, here's what's problematic about that. <clears throat> now that, as I said at the top of the, the episode, if you don't want to believe that the Bible says that the, that the Bible itself debunks the notion of race, Maybe you'll believe this Nat Geo article because you got a problem. If you're a race worker Mm. and now we know that there's no such thing as race, what are you now? Just a worker? (laughs) What? There's no, there's no work for you to do. Mr. Or Mrs. Race worker. And you know what that leaves you? That leaves you to deal with the heart issue. Man. The Bible says it's always been from the beginning. Come on. Mark chapter seven, it's a heart issue. So to whatever, whatever discrimination you've experienced, even if the discrimination was rooted in the color of your skin, that's not the genesis of that hatred. That's not the genesis of that discrimination. The genesis is in the heart. And what you will see if you, when you read this Nat Geo piece, 
they've got a really cool graphic in here that's titled The Ancient Flows of Dark and Light. Mm. It's got a timeline of the transition of how melanin progressed from uh, the lightest of, of light brown to the darkest hues of brown that exist today. We're all just a different shade of brown. Mm-hmm. No, nobody's white. Nobody's white. Mm-hmm. Nobody's black. Okay. I can take a, I can take a white Crayola crayon and a black Crayola crayon, hold them up next to the whitest white person and the darkest black person and the dark, black, the darkest black person. The color of that skin is not going to match that, that black crayon. The color of the white person's skin is not going to match that white crayon. Mm. We are all different shades of the same color. Mm-hmm. This, this graphic is brilliant. It really is. So, again, you, you, if you're a race worker, if you're a social justice worker, you back to square one. You back to, <laughs> you back to Genesis 3 and the Garden of Eden. Absolutely. You back to Genesis 4 where Cain killed his brother. Okay, we're back to square one. Listen to Douglas here. The guy was just brilliant. Yes, he he says, if it shall be found, if it shall be found that the people of Africa have an African character as general, as well defined, and as distinct as have the people of Europe or the people of Asia, the exceptional differences among them afford no ground for supposing a difference of race. Mm. He says, if there are differences between the ethnic, the ethnicities, it's not a, a racial difference. He says, but on the contrary, it will be inferred that the people of Africa constitute one great branch of the human family. Yeah whose origin may be as properly referred to the families of Noah <laughs> as can be any other branch of the human family from whom they differ. Hmm. Douglas is a brilliant, listen, Douglas is a better apologist than 90% of the Christians walking this planet right now. Absolutely. And Douglas didn't go to seminary. Mm-mm. But this is the this is the genius of God Absolutely. and His Holy Spirit. When you catch hold of the gospel and you hear the gospel, and the Holy Spirit allows the gospel to penetrate your heart, the Holy Spirit can give you an understanding of His Word that I don't care how many degrees you have. Mm. Douglas understood Acts seventeen twenty six. He was not an expository preacher. <laughs> okay. Yet in this paragraph that I just read, he said the people of Africa constitute one great branch of the human family. And that's what we all are. Right. We are branches of the same human family. We are the, the we are just brand, I love that description that Douglas uses. We are branches of the same human family whose origin may be as properly referred to as the families of Noah. Mm. We all descend from that. 
and Douglas got it. He understood it. Douglas wouldn't call himself a race worker. No. You know who Douglas was? Douglas tried to unite people under the guise of the doctrine of Genesis 127 yes, that did. we are all created in the Imago Day. Absolutely. That's what Douglas, that's what Douglas was about. Everything this man tried to do was in the context of what the Bible said about humanity. And and that and we have got we've got to go back to those definitions. We've got to again, I, I think we, we do we do ourselves an injustice, we do the people, especially as pastors and leaders and teachers who who, who are leading and shepherding a flock, uh when we walk them through modified ideas around issues of social justice, we, we, we do more harm to them than any good. Because once, once you misdiagnose the issue, you begin prescribing all yeah, kinds exactly. of things that have, nothing, that have nothing to do with treating the initial disease. And the disease exactly. is sin. Exactly. The disease is sin. And, 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 and when we begin to identify, well, you know, it's, it's race. Again, you make this point often. It's an ism. It's raceism. Right. It's, it's sexism. It's anytime you make it an ism, rather than going to what the Bible calls it, you're going to prescribe something that is a, that is a misaccurate diagnosis and treatment plan for the cure of the disease. Brilliant. Brilliant point, Verge. I like how you pictured that, man. It's a brilliant point. Brilliant comment. And I know we're running out of time, but if we have to go over, Dwayne, you got to let this one go over, bro. Yeah, I, uh, I, I will tell you. I will tell you this because as I'm looking at the content of this one article, I, I, I would I, I think there needs to be part two, brother. I really, really do. There, there's a wealth of richness. Begin. I'm, I'm the wingman. I'm, I'm, go, I'm gonna, I'm gonna acquiesce to what you say. But man, this. This is so rich, and and it's worth dissecting. Uh, and the reason why I say that is because there's not a lot of podcasts out there that are saying this. There are not a lot of people in that that, that are that are articulating this to the degree that you've done tonight. It, it's just unfortunately, it's sad. But the reality is that's not what's happening. When you go to some of these these you know. Um, conventions and conferences and you hear mm-hmm. kind of breakout sessions and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and folks wanting to talk about the issue uh, uh, around culture. They're always talking about race and the, and the benchmarks that they use are borrowed from the culture right. rather than anchored in scripture. Right. And see the thing about what you just said and the wording you use, when you borrow something from the culture, culture changes. Absolutely. That's why the term culture shift exists, because the culture keeps shifting. But to describe, to to use the word anchor with respect to the word of God, that's exactly right, because the word of God never changes. Mm-hmm. It's subjective. Culture is subjective. Let me close with this verse. I want to close with one, one last quote from Douglas. And I thought this was beautiful. We'll, we'll take this up in a part two. Uh, but uh, Douglas said this. I, I want to close out with this. Douglas says, it is the sun that paints the peach. It is the sun that paints the peach. And may it not be that he paints the man as well? Mm. He says, my reading on this point, however, as well as my own observation, have convinced me 
that from the beginning, the Almighty, with certain limits, endowed mankind with organizations capable of countless variations in form, feature, and color mm-hmm. without having it necessary to begin a new creation for every new variety. Mm. Douglas is saying here, what he's saying here is completely antithetical to Samuel Morton's logic, because what are we reading in that GOPs that Samuel Morton argued that for every ethnicity he found was a new creation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Douglas is saying, no, he says, no, just like the sun paints the peach. The sun paints the man as well. And that's exactly the point that the Nat Geo piece is making, that geographically dispersed, which is what Acts 17.26 says, that God ordained everyone, every ethnicity to live over all the face of the earth, and that he also appointed the boundaries of their habitation. So when you read the article in that geo piece you find that depending on where these ethnicities are dispersed mm-hmm. geographically mm-hmm. the closer you are to the equator mm-hmm. the darker your melanin the closer you are to the poles the lighter your melanin i mean the the, the bible's just brilliant the bible already told us thousands of years ago what science is just now getting around to race is a myth Mm-hmm. It's a joke. It's a mirage. Mm-hmm. So Christians, church, stop buying into the lie because that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It is a lie. Absolutely. I man, there there's there's again, I would encourage uh, uh those who are listening to this particular podcast to spend time uh in that National Geographic article and and walk through that. And and then join us next week because we're we're going to continue to unpack this uh daryl i think it's worth taking the time so that at least in our space that we have carved out uh there there's there's real foundational work done in this space as as you're experiencing as i'm experiencing the feedback from our listeners is that this stuff is the stuff that we're sharing the stuff that we're walking them through, the things that you're identifying as leaping off points for us to dive back into scripture are really critical for helping them navigate this issue in their own contexts. Mm-hmm. And I think it's worth taking the time to unpack so that our so that the again the folks that 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 listen to the podcast that are that are connected to us and those with whom they share this podcast are armed and equipped. Uh, with biblical truth around this issue that they can engage uh, those that they come into contact with. So, I, again, I, I appreciate you slowly walking us through, methodically walking us through, looking at, at historic views of, of this issue from a biblical perspective, opening up the pages of Scripture. And, again, this is for, for, for you and I, for, for, for Just Thinking podcast. This isn't anything new. This is the same right. thing that we we've been saying from the very beginning. The, the, the article that 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 has uh, that has come to come to the forefront here is just validating what we already know to be already true, knew. based upon what God's word says about the yeah. issue. Exactly. It's like I said, the word of God already says what this Nat Geo article said. It's been saying it for thousands of years. Science is finally catching up. 
Absolutely, absolutely. So, so with that, we're, we're going to wrap here, man. Definitely want you uh, to share this, uh, comment, uh, subscribe to the podcast so that you can get the latest update man share this with a friend listen to this go go read the article that we'll post uh, alongside this and then join us back next week uh, for another edition of the just thinking podcast